This sermon is titled The Positive Outcomes of a Mentoring Culture Part 4 Be enriched as you listen. Okay, are you ready to spend some time in God's word? Last several weeks we've been talking about mentoring, coaching and nurturing people and this is our fourth sermon, the last sermon in this series of we're talking about mentoring, nurturing coaching and nurturing people. So in case you missed any of these previous sermons, they're all available on our church website. We encourage you to please uh, go back and review them or listen to them. Today, as we bring this uh, series to a close, I want to talk about the positive outcomes of a mentoring culture. So we as a church community are truly able to be a community where we are mentoring, nurturing, coaching people, what will be some of the positive outcomes that we can expect take place amongst us? What are some of the good things that we're going to see happen? And I just want to capture that for us in this message, and uh, hopefully this will motivate us uh, as we work on becoming such a community where we can mentor, coach, and nurture people. Uh, Isaac Newton wrote this way back in 1675. He said this, he said, If I have seen further, it is by standing on the shoulders of giants. If I have seen further, it's because I have been standing on the shoulders of giants. That's an big statement to make by such a great man. But I think it captures to us, in a sense, what we are trying to accomplish through mentoring, coaching, and nurturing people. In a sense, we are saying, come stand on my shoulders so that you can see further, you can reach out further, way beyond, you can go Uh, you know, be greater, go higher than what I have been able to do. Stand on my shoulders is what we are saying when we are mentoring somebody, when we are nurturing, when we are coaching somebody, when we are pouring into their lives, we are saying, come on, get on my shoulders. I want you to go beyond me. Amen? So when we talk about this, what are some of the positive outcomes of a mentoring culture? Now, we must understand that if we create such a culture, everybody stands to benefit. People who mentor others, you are going to become sharper. You're going to become stronger in your areas. Those who are being mentored, you're going to become better. And we as a community are going to, of course, be able to go to new levels if we are able to really establish this and become a community where we nurture uh, people. So, how do, you know, I've just put these thoughts down. What would be some of the positive outcomes? What do we gain if we're able to establish such a community? Number one, which is stating the obvious, you know, we will be a community where this is so much part of our culture. Imagine coming into a people, a community of people where it's just normal for you to ask questions, for people to pour into your life and you to pour into other people's lives. What a healthy environment that would be. It's like a big greenhouse where everything is maintained so that everybody can flourish. 
and thrive. That's what we will be able to have if we create and if we make mentoring, coaching, and nurturing people a part of our culture where everybody is involved. Like Bible says in Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, we'll all be sharpening one another. And we're not going to be embarrassed about it. You won't be embarrassed to ask somebody for help and say, hey, how does that work? Or how, what should I do in this situation? Or I need some help. Can you help me? It's not going to be an embarrassing thing. It's going to be a healthy thing. Nobody's going to look down on you just because you ask for some input into your life. Are you with me? So it's going to be such a wonderful environment that when we have this part of our culture, uh, uh, we can nurture people. The Bible tells us in Psalm 92, 13, those who are planted in the house of God, they will flourish in the courts of our God. God wants His people to flourish. Those who are planted, He wants them to flourish. And one way that we can make sure that happens is by us being a community that are constantly pouring out into each other's lives. We are nurturing, coaching, encouraging, cheering each other, pouring into each other, investing in each other, and we can make sure that everybody who's planted in the house of God, they are flourishing in the courts of our God. Amen? We will be a community where uh, we are for people with a growth mindset. That means we are people who are willing to ask questions. We are curious. We are unafraid to think, to discuss, to exchange ideas. And that's a growing community. It's a community that's very healthy. Everybody is looking to grow and to help others grow. We will be a community where people are building people. We are here with one intent. We want to build somebody up. Every stroke is positive. Every stroke is lifting somebody up. That's the kind of community we'll become. And we will become a community that is where people have wisdom beyond their years. Because when we pour into others, imagine the young people receiving the wisdom of those who are gone before them the older ones, they will have wisdom beyond their years. They will learn so much more in short time. Are you with me? And people come and say, hey, the, the young people in this church, they are really wise. <laughs> they are wise beyond their years. Why? Because others have cared enough to pour into their lives. I'll expound, expound on this a little bit more later. But it'll be normal for us to listen, to learn, to gain understanding and wisdom from each other. And that's such a healthy community or an environment to be in. Number two, we'll be a community where young people are protected. You know, from a pastoral perspective, and I'm sure that many of you who are parents and those of us who are, you know, pastors who are working with the young people, children, teens, youth, one of the things that really on our heart is how do we protect our young people, our children, our teens, our youth? How do we protect them? Because we know 
that the world outside is pretty harsh. We know it's hostile out there. There are a lot of things that can just ruin their lives. How do we protect them? And I want to just submit to us that really the way to protect our young people is not by giving them a hundred do's and a hundred don'ts. That's only going to go so far. Because at some point they're going to be fed up of all the do's and the don'ts. But the way to really protect our young people is to pour wisdom into them. Because when we pour wisdom into their hearts, when we care enough to give them the wisdom and the understanding, they will know how to discern right and wrong. They will know what they should say yes to and what they should say no to. Are you listening? And so in, an, in a culture, in an environment where we are willing to speak, we are willing to share, we are not condescending, we are not judgmental, but we are more keen on sharing our learning, sharing our experience. What we will do is we will pour wisdom into our children, into our teens, into our young people, and they will be wise beyond their years, and they will know how to tackle a world outside that can get as harsh as it wants to, but it will not shake our young people. Amen? The Bible tells us this, and I'll just mention a few verses here. Proverbs 11, verse 14. Where there is no counsel, the people fall. That means they're easily shaken. If they're not, they don't have counsel. They don't have good input into their lives. They don't have the wisdom and the understanding they need. What happens? They are people who are without a spine. They're spineless. They can't. They don't stand for anything, so they fall for everything. But when we are able to counsel them, when we're able to give them the wisdom and the understanding that is way beyond the years, Proverbs says, in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. How are we going to protect our young people? In the multitude of counselors, in the multitude of people who care enough to speak godly wisdom, godly understanding into their lives, there will be safety. Our young people will be protected. Amen? And the Bible tells us in Isaiah 33 and verse 6, it says, Wisdom and understanding will be the stability of your times. The world outside is turbulent. Things are changing. But when we give wisdom and understanding, it brings stability into the lives of our people. Are you listening? Some of you are. <laughs> So, if we become a church like this, if we become a community where we are intentionally coaching and nurturing and speaking into the lives of each other, we can protect one another. And I'm especially thinking about our young people. We can protect them because we empower them with wisdom. We empower them with understanding. And that's what's going to keep them safe. And that's what's going to give them strength and stability when they go out into the worlds. Amen? So care enough to speak wisdom. The do's and the don'ts, you know, till they are five or six will work. <laughs> but after that, they want understanding. They want to understand. Why? Why not? What does this mean? And that's where wisdom and understanding is so important. And so we can help each other like this. Number three, if we can 
really create this community where mentoring and coaching and nurturing people become so much a part of us. We will be a community where quality leaders are nurtured. You see, sometimes we think leaders are born. Well, not necessarily. Most people who study leadership will agree that yes, you may have a few innate qualities or a few innate predispositions that set you or gear you up for leadership, but really leadership is something that is nurtured in you. You become a leader. You're not born necessarily a leader. Now, some people are born into privileges and positions of leadership, but they, that doesn't mean they'll be good quality leaders. Quality leaders are always nurtured. And in this church, if we care enough to mentor, to coach, and nurture our young people, we are going to be raising up quality leaders. Are you listening? And we need that. Everybody needs leaders. People need leaders. Organizations need leaders. Church needs leaders. Communities around us need leaders. Leaders are needed in every sphere of society, in business, in education, in government, in, in every sphere. We need quality people who can have a vision for the future, who can go and do great things. And what if the church is the nurturing ground for such leaders? The church can be. Are you listening? We can nurture these leaders, the movers and the shakers of tomorrow. They can be birthed right here. They can be nurtured right here. But then we must have the capacity to listen to God and look, at, look into the future, the potential they hold. Don't see them the way they are. See them the way God sees them. Because when you look at somebody the way they are today, you see a little kid who has no idea which direction to go. But God sees a warrior. God sees a mover and a shaker. God sees somebody who's got great potential. And if you and I care enough to see them with the eyes of God, we can call out their destiny that's hidden inside them. Amen? Moses and Joshua are a great example. Moses was a veteran leader. He had walked with God and had great experiences with God. And there came a time and God told Moses, Moses, and I'm in Deuteronomy chapter 1. And God told Moses, Moses, I want you to be responsible for Joshua. Because one day he's going to lead. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 38. God tells Moses, Joshua, the son of Nun, who stands before you, he shall go in there. Encourage him. For he shall cause Israel to inherit it. Saying, Josh, Moses, I've got an assignment for Joshua. One day, he's going to lead my people into the land of promise. Today he's in front of you. I want you to encourage him. And God repeats that in chapter 3. Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 28. He says, command Joshua and encourage him, and strengthen him. For he shall go over before this people, and he shall cause them to inherit the land which you see. So Moses, you're a leader, but I'm giving you responsibility. 
I want you to strengthen Joshua. I want you to encourage him. I want you to nurture him. I want you to prepare him for the assignment I have for his life. One day, he's going to lead my people into the land of promise. And you have to get him ready for it. Are you listening? And God has those kinds of assignments for you and me today. There might be somebody who's going to be a big business leader. You look at him and he doesn't even know how to count the coins. I'm just joking. Most people know. But, <laughs> but the point is this. At this moment, he may seem so naive. So, you know, he doesn't know what he's doing. But for him, God has a great assignment. One day, God's going to raise him up. And he's going to run a big business. And he's going to do mighty things for the kingdom of God. But you and I must have eyes enough to see God's potential for him. And nurture him. Strengthen him. Encourage him. Get him ready for that. Amen? But if he can do that, we will raise up quality leaders. In this place, leaders will be nurtured. And there will come a time, as it did in the case of Moses, in the book of Deuteronomy, as you progress in the book, in Deuteronomy 31, verse 7, there came a time when Moses had to pass on the leadership to Joshua. It says there, Then Moses called Joshua and said to him, In the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of a good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit. So he says, now I'm handing the leadership to you. But he had nurtured him. He had prepared him. He had got him ready. Are you listening? And so he handed the leadership. And the end of the book of Deuteronomy goes like this, Deuteronomy 34, verse 9. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. For Moses had laid his hands on him. So the children of Israel heeded him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. See what happened to Joshua. He was full of wisdom. Moses had invested in his life. He had laid hands on him. But that was the culmination of years of pouring into his life. And the people recognized him. The people accepted him as the leader. And they recognized God's hand was on this man. And if we can do that, if we can mentor, if we can nurture people and send them out into this world, how powerful it will be. Amen? The world is grappling with all kinds of things. All right? You are probably aware of all the advances that are being happening in science and in technology. And we need godly people on the forefront of these advancements so that they can bring thought and understanding on how to go in the right direction. And artificial intelligence is impacting almost every sphere of our life. But we need godly leaders there. So look, this is how we can make use of this and be responsible in our use of AI. And, but these are the things we can avoid. We need leaders who can think. Or in genetics, wonderful things are being done, but there are so many different ways it can go. You can destroy life. You can do terrible things. 
or you can help people. And we need godly leaders there to bring thought, to bring understanding, to lead these advancements in the right way, in the right direction. And like that, there are so many fields. But where will we get those leaders? May the church raise them up. Are you listening? May we raise them up. May we be able to invest in their lives when they are young so that as they step into the future that God has for them, they will be there to provide leadership. Not just for us, not just for the church, but for the nations, for the worlds. Number four, if we are a community that can mentor, coach, and nurture people, what would be an outcome that we could all enjoy? There would be effectiveness, efficiency, and impact at all levels. At all levels. So people will not just look at, you know, some people and some of the leaders and say, well, those leaders are efficient, others don't care. No. There will be excellence. There will be passion. There will be effectiveness at all levels in the church community. If you go to children's church, you'll find that there are people who are doing things with excellence. You go to teen church, you go to the youth, you go to any area of ministry, and you will find excellence touching everything that this community does. I might be speaking prophetically right at the moment, but <laughs> I hope that's the truth. I hope there will be excellence and passion and efficiency and effectiveness in everything that's done in and through this community. How can we achieve that? When we begin to mentor, coach, and nurture people, we are pouring into their lives, and this trickles down to every person. They receive the same understanding. They receive the same passion for doing things well. They want to be excellent. They will work hard, give God their best. Amen? We can think about an example in the Old Testament. In Exodus chapter 18, at that point, Moses was a lone leader. He was in leadership, and there he was sitting from morning till evening trying to solve the problems of the people. Everybody wanted appointment with Moses. 24 hours was not enough. They wanted to meet Moses, solve their problems. Thank God for father-in-laws. <laughs> Moses' father-in-law came. He was watching what Moses was doing. He said, Moses, at this rate, you're going to kill yourself, man. Don't do this. There's a better way to make sure everything happens well. What you need to do, Moses, is appoint leaders, delegate leaders. Find leaders who can be in charge of 50, of 100, of 1,000, and so on. Appoint them. Your responsibility is to stand before God, pray for the people, and then come and teach them. Tell them how to do it right. And let these leaders go and take care of everybody. And Moses was smart enough to follow his father-in-law's advice, and, and it saved his life. He got these leaders, he, he began to do that, he began to pray, he began to pour into the lives of these leaders, and everybody was taken care of, and everybody was happy. Amen? Effectiveness, efficiency reached all levels. 
Everybody was taken care of. But the point is this. We need leaders. We need people. And if we can pour into people, we can multiply the understanding. We can multiply the wisdom. We can multiply the passion. We can multiply the excellence. And it can touch every level of ministry work that's being done. If we are able to mentor, coach, and nurture people. Lastly, point number five. What will be a positive outcome? When we mentor, coach, and nurture people, we'll be a community that stewards and passes on what they have received. See, Joshua was a great leader. Joshua was a very successful leader. He was able to take the people into the land of promise, conquer the territory, gain victory over enemies, and cause the people to inherit their portions of the promised lands. He was a good leader. But there was a problem. And this was one of his biggest failures. He failed to raise up successors. He failed to raise up successors. It's a really sad story when you finish the book of Joshua and you move in, move forward in the history of Israel. In Judges chapter 2, verses 6, 7, and verse 10, we read this. And when Joshua had dismissed the people, the children of Israel went each to his own inheritance to possess the land. That means, you know, he had given them all their possessions, so they went happily. They went to their own possessions. Verse 7, so the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord which he had done for Israel. I look at verse 10. When all that generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the work which he had done for Israel. That's so sad. Another generation rose, but that they had no idea of what God had done through Moses and Joshua. And they just wandered away from God. Why? Because Joshua failed to raise up leaders. There was no, what we call as, Succession planning or continuity planning, none of that. And so that generation wandered away from God. So if we fail to mentor, coach, and nurture people, if we fail to pour into the generations that are coming after us, if we fail to invest in them, if we fail to be intentional about raising up and setting leaders in place, a generation may rise up that have no idea of what all went on before. And what was once something burning, passionate, will just become a form and an empty shell a ritual and a practice that people follow not knowing the reality and the meaning and the experience that is supposed to be there. And it's so important for us to mentor, nurture, and coach 
the generations that come after us. Worship team, please come. I want to close with this verse in Isaiah 59, verse 21. God says, as for me, says the Lord, this is my covenant with them. My spirit who is upon you and my words which I have put in your mouth shall not depart from your mouth, nor from the mouth of your descendants, nor from the mouth of your descendants' descendants, says the Lord, from this time and forevermore. Look at the heart of God. This is God's heart. He says, the word I've given you and my spirit or my anointing that's on you should pass on to the generation that's after you and to the generations that come after them, to your children, to your children's children, on. That is the heart of God. But that's not going to happen by accident. It's not going to happen just by itself. We have to be intentional about it. We have to be intentional to make sure that the revelation and the anointing that God has given to us is passed on to the other generation, to the generations that come. And one of the ways we do it is by intentionally nurturing, coaching, imparting into the other generations. Are you with me? Amen? So let's review. What are the positive outcomes of a mentoring culture, of creating an environment where mentoring and nurturing and coaching people is something we all engage in, is something we all do? Number one, we'll be a community where this is a part of our culture. It's just normal. It's a healthy environment to ask questions, to ask for help, to give help, to nurture people, to build people up, to speak into the lives of people, to share what we have in terms of our learning and our experience. Number two, we'll be a community where our young people are protected. They're not insulated, but they are protected by the wisdom and the understanding that they have received. They have strength and stability in their lives because other people have cared to pour in and give them the wisdom they need. Number three, We'll be a community where quality leaders are being nurtured, leaders who can impact the world around us. They'll be nurtured, they'll be raised up. Number four, we'll be a community where passion and excellence is seen at every level of our ministry, of our church, of everything we do as a people. It's there because we've poured into each other. And that's what we're going after. Number five, we'll be a community where what God has given to each generation successfully passes on to the generations that come after. The revelation and the anointing that God gives is poured on into generations that come after. Amen? Do you want to be such a community? We can. And each one of us has a part in this. We can all do something. You can find some people who you can pour into, get to know them, speak into their lives, be gracious, 
like we said, it's not to control, it's not to manipulate, but it's to invest into people's lives. And if you need help, you reach out. Ask anybody. Nobody's going to ask you, hey, why are you asking such a question? No. If you have a question, ask your question. We are happy to answer those questions. We're happy to address matters. We're happy to respond to challenges. It's a good thing. It's not a sin to ask questions. Because we want to be in a community where we can share with each other, we can build each other up. Amen? Now, in a couple of weeks from now, you know, as pastors, we were actually talking about this since last year, or the latter part of last year. And we went through a lot of meetings on, you know, how do we, how do, we do this? How do we make it happen? Should we you know, have something very formal and, you know, do it in a very formal way? Should we let it happen spontaneously? And of course, uh, 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 the best thing is if it happens spontaneously, where people just connect with each other and, you know, uh, uh, and just, just freely do this. That's ideal. But then, to some extent, we'd like to provide, of, I should use the word, facilitate this. And there are two ways we're going to do it. One is we're going to provide an opportunity where those who like to be coaches, meaning who like to offer their availability to help others in whatever areas, starting with spiritual growth, spiritual development, to other things like, you know, finding a life partner, choices of marriage, working through marriage, parenting, career choices, um, professional growth, and all of these other areas, whatever areas of life. And if you like to be a coach, we'd like to give you an opportunity to make yourself available. And also we like to make people reach out when they need help or anything. So we'll, keep, we'll, we'll put something in place to facilitate that. So while we want this to be spontaneous, organic, we're also going to have something in place. So uh, we're calling it a life coaching life coaching. Now, it's a common term that's used everywhere out in the world as well, but we are doing it from a biblical context in a church community. So we call it life coaching, and so we'll have life coaches who are volunteering to serve, and people who need, maybe you just need one meeting with somebody in your area of interest, and we can facilitate that connects. Now, hopefully, in the future, as a next step, we can have it all software-driven, where AI will help you. <laughs> It'll just connect based on your skills, and of course, all of that is there. But that may become a little too formal, but we'll just make that available. That's, that's like our last resort, because it's too formal for what we want to accomplish. We want to keep it spontaneous as much as possible. We want it to be relational. You know somebody, you ask. The facilitation is there in case you don't know who to ask, you can reach out to the program. The software will help you, which will come much later, will help you connect. Hey, here are people who can, you know, of course we can connect based on your skills, your background, so on. We can make that connection and make some recommendations and you can reach out to people. That will also be there. But the main thing is for it to happen spontaneously through relationships. Are you with me? So Pastor Jacobar is handling that program and he will launch that. He will keep us informed of how that, we're going to roll that out. But more than the program, what I want to encourage each of us is, hey, love people. 
just say hi to somebody. If you are in college, ask them, how are you doing in college? If they are going to graduate, hey, when are you graduating? Do you need help to find a job? Do you need help to make your resume? Just, just ask. Nothing wrong. You've probably done 10 resumes. This is their first one. <laughs> you can help them make up their, make the resume. Oh, you're, you're at work. How's your job going? Oh, I'm struggling at work. How can I help you? And I've got a, I'm, I'm dealing with these issues. You've probably already gone through those issues. So you can speak into their lives. So let's keep it as spontaneous as much as possible. Can we do that? Yeah? Just talk to people. Find out what they're doing. Show them you care. Show them you want to help. Speak into their lives. Don't control. Don't manipulate. Just share what you have. Just pass it on. We can all do that. Amen? Let's rise to our feet. As you're standing here this morning, just pray a simple prayer and say, Lord, I'm available. Just, just send me to whoever you want me to go to, Lord. Maybe there's somebody right here in this building that God can use you to be an answer, to be, to be an help, to be an aid, to encourage, to strengthen, to guide, to nurture. Just say, Lord, I'm available. Or maybe you need somebody to come and speak into your life and say, God, I need some help. Could you connect me to the right person? Could you send the right person to help me in what I'm struggling with and what I'm going through? Just ask the Lord. Let Him hear and He will answer. And Father, we stand before you in the name of your Son, Jesus. We stand as your covenant people, Father. And Lord, we ask that by your Holy Spirit, you'll help us pour into one another's lives. To nurture one another, to encourage one another, to be there for one another, God. And Father, we pray for those who need somebody to come alongside them. Those who need somebody to speak into their lives. Father, we pray that you will send somebody who can pour in and be a blessing to strengthen them, just to encourage, just to guide. Make us such a people. Make us such a community, God. By your Holy Spirit. Connect us to one another. Bring us closer to each other. Thank you, Father. 
I'm going to let the worship team lead us for a few moments, and then I'm going to come back, just pray, pray for the needs of people. If you are come here, you're expecting healing, expecting the Lord to heal, to deliver. As we sing this song, I want you to look to Jesus. He is the same Jesus. The Jesus of the Bible is the Jesus of today. He still heals. He still delivers. He still makes hope. I want you to expect Him to touch you, to minister to you. Let's open our hearts as we sing. The one who made the blind to see is moving here in front of me, moving here in front of me. The one who made the deaf to hear is silencing my every fear, silencing my every fear. I believe in you, I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. The one who does impossible is reaching out to make me whole, reaching out to make me whole. The one who put death in its place, his life is flowing through my veins, his life is flowing through my veins. I believe in you, I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. Come on, church, let's lift it up. I believe. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. Yes, you are. Oh, now I believe in you. Now I believe in you alone. You're the God of miracles. The God who was and is to come. The power of the risen one. The God who brings the dead to life You're the God of miracles You're the God of miracles The God The God who was and is to come The power of the risen one The God who brings the dead to life You're the God of miracles 
Father, we just thank you that you are the God of miracles. And Lord Jesus, you are the healer. You are the deliverer. You are the restorer. Your name is powerful. Every demon flees at the sound of your name. Sickness and disease leaves at the sound of your name. Lord Jesus, in your name, as I stand here before the people, in your name, in your name, I come against every work of the enemy. Satan, I come against you in the name of Jesus. I come against every one of your demonic powers, every foul spirit of uncleanness, I come against you in the name of Jesus. I charge you in the name of Jesus, leave, release the people. Every addiction is broken. Every controlling addiction is broken in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let every person be free. I come against every tormenting, oppressing spirit, troubling people in their minds, in their thoughts, causing confusion, causing torment, causing fear, causing anxiety. I come against you, devil, in the name of Jesus. And you will leave now. Release the minds, the tension, the oppression. In the minds, leave. The confusion in the minds, leave. In the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for people who need healing in their bodies. In the name of Jesus, let the healing power of God touch them right now. Let there be miracles right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let every tumor growth disappear let there be healing right now even in the joints and the where there's pain let the pains disappear let nerves that have been hurt and damaged be healed and God let conditions in the blood be healed 
in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let there be healing. Let there be healing in the lives of people. And we thank you, oh God. We thank you. And Lord, we speak over families and homes. Satan, I come against you, causing confusion, causing strife, causing division, tearing homes apart. I command you to seize your work. And in these families, I speak healing. I command confusions to cease, and I command peace to come in. I command joy to come in. A restoration of relationships to come in. In these homes, in the name of Jesus. And Father, let every one of your people prosper. Let every one of your people thrive and flourish in everything they do. And I speak blessing. I speak increase. I speak multiplication or what you are doing. The same Lord who enabled Peter, he had toiled all night, he had caught nothing, but in one moment, his net was filled. May that be your moment now in Jesus' name. May that be your moment now. May the same Jesus cause your net to overflow, to have abundance, to have more than enough for you, your household, and everyone else around you that you care about. May the same Jesus do the miracle for you in your life. Lord, we thank you. And we bless you, Father. May doors open up for your future. May doors open up for your future. May your career advance. May you grow and move forward professionally. May doors open for you. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, we thank you. And we bless you. Thank you, God. We receive. We receive your work. We receive your miracles. We receive your healing. We receive your deliverance. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Let's close. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, our Heavenly Father, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with each of us always in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources, including sermons, sermon notes, and books, please visit apcwo.org. For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, visit apcbiblecollege.org. Do remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the Apple or Google Play Store.